Do you know what day it is today? Yes, it's Sunday, December 26th. It's the day after Christmas Day, and it's the Feast of St. Stephen, St. Stephen's Day. But where I come from, in England, it is Boxing Day, and it's a national holiday. Why is it called Boxing Day? It's nothing to do with a boxing match or fighting. I remember my mom always giving Christmas boxes to the newspaper boy, the dustman, that's the garbage collector, and the postman, that's the mail carrier. She gave them a gift of money to thank them for their service during the past year. And that was an echo of the practice from many years before of wealthy people giving money to those of the lower classes on the day after Christmas, which came to be called Boxing Day. Only equals exchange gifts on or before Christmas Day, but gifts to those less fortunate were given the day after Christmas. Now, you do remember that there are 12 days of Christmas, and I trust you're still having a Merry Christmas. And remember, you don't have to take down your tree or your decorations until 12th night, January 5th. I received one of the gifts on my wish list, which I happened to mention in my Christmas dessert talk. I got a Mini Cooper. And it was bright red, just as I asked for. But actually, I can't drive it because it wasn't full size. But it is a radio-controlled one, and my son has already got it ready to go. And hopefully he's going to teach me how to use it. I was going to bring it to show you, but I thought one of the children might want me to put it right down the center aisle. And I thought if I brought it, you wouldn't hear another word that I said. In the book of Acts, Paul quotes Jesus saying, it is more blessed to give than to receive. And yes, some of us need to learn to be more generous. But I've found that many folk have a much harder time with receiving than they do with giving. I know people who find it very hard to receive anything from someone else, even a compliment. And I think that transfers over to our relationship with God, and we have difficulty receiving from God. Some people find it difficult to ask for anything for themselves when they talk with God in prayer. It's hard to admit we have needs and to admit those to God, and sometimes it's even harder to admit needs to other people. Our culture, after all, encourages us to be able to handle life on our own, by ourselves, so that we don't need, so that we don't have to need or trust anyone. But God created us for community, so that we absolutely would need other people. And remember, if you're always the one doing the giving and don't allow others to give to you, they are deprived of the joy of giving themselves. Now, when you're offered a gift, what do you have to do to receive the gift? You take it from the giver, right? You hold it. Then you have to unwrap it or take it out of the bag. Then you open it then hopefully you say thank you. 
But have you received it yet? No, not really. You haven't received it, have you, until you use it and integrate it into your life. Now, for many years, I was aware of a number of gifts which God was offering me, but I had absolutely no intention of accepting them because I realized that I might have to actually do something with the gifts. I can think of a number of God's gifts that I've been reluctant to open and receive over the years. I left unopened the gift of reconciliation with my best friend from high school, as I've told you before, for over 20 years. Have you ever been completely overwhelmed by a gift? By the expression of someone's kindness, love, and generosity to you? A gift so extravagant you can hardly believe it's for you, and you don't see how you could possibly accept it. That's how it is with the gift of Christmas, God's gift to us of his son, Jesus Christ. God loves you and me so much that he was willing to let his son go and come to earth to live with us. If only we could grasp how enormous a gift it is, we wouldn't want or need anything else. But I realize we often feel unworthy. We feel that we don't deserve God's love, mercy, or grace. And we're right. That's the point. We don't. None of us do. That's what grace is. God's unmerited favor toward us. We can't earn it, buy it, work for it. We don't deserve it. Grace. G-R-A-C-E. God's radical, awesome creative exchange. God's wonderful grace given in exchange for our sin, our messing up, our missing the mark. I think God's grace often makes us uncomfortable because it's something we can't take credit for. We can't do it for ourselves. And that makes us even more uncomfortable. We don't like the inequality of the relationship and that we can't possibly match God's gift of grace to us. We like to be in control, even when it comes to giving and receiving of gifts. It occurred to me, imagine the difficulty we'd have allowing Jesus to give up his seat for us. Like Peter, I think we have difficulty permitting Jesus to wash our feet. And I think it can be hard for us believing and accepting that Jesus actually died for us so that he could redeem our souls and save us from the power of sin in our lives. One reason I think that Jesus said we need to be like little children to be able to enter the kingdom of God is that when it comes to gifts, children are just fine with the bigger the better. They know nothing of equal, reciprocal, calculated gift-giving For them, matching gifts means color-coordinated. We can be as extravagant as we like, and they won't be the least bit embarrassed or bashful about receiving the gift or feel they need to somehow repay us. Many years ago, I had to come to the painful awareness that I would need to ask for a debt to be forgiven because I realized there was no way that I could ever repay it. But how could I even ask for such a gift of grace 
It seemed too much to ask for. Well, I finally got up my courage and asked the person who had the power to forgive my debt. Amazingly, the person was willing to do so. As I sat there trying to absorb that the person was indeed willing to cancel the debt, I began to cry, realizing that I wasn't sure that I could accept and receive the gift. Or would I spend my life feeling guilty? Would I be able to receive the gracious gift of peace and relief? And then it hit me. I sat there and wept some more at the realization that if I couldn't receive this gift of grace from another human being, how could I possibly say that I believe that God had forgiven all of my sin and debt because Jesus Christ was willing to die instead of me? The person I was indebted to said, go home and write a psalm of gratitude. And I did. The great gift of Christmas is that God came to be with us on earth. Emmanuel, God with us. Now I realize that if you don't know that God is for you, which he is, it's not necessarily a good thing to know that God is with you. Our reading reminds us that we have the choice to receive Jesus Christ, God's Son, or not. We can open God's greatest gift to us, or we can leave it unopened. If we receive the gift of Jesus, we can become God's children, and we can receive grace and even more grace, and not only grace, but also the gift of truth. Grace and truth come through Jesus Christ. We need both gifts. I think we're more willing to admit our need for the grace part, but I'm not so sure we want the truth part. Recently, I had an experience I will never forget of God's gift of his presence and guidance in my life in a very practical way. Our family had the unexpected opportunity to stay at a friend's cabin in the mountains the weekend after Thanksgiving. We arrived late on the Friday night and woke up on Saturday morning to the excited news from our teenage son, Matt. It had snowed overnight. He was ecstatic. So we spent the morning, or rather my husband and son did, working on a run for inner tubing. We needed to get another snow shovel from the garage And as we carefully locked everything up, my son got the key to the house from my husband. Then Matt and I walked along together in the snow back into the house. In fact, he was trying to push me down into the snow. And when we were almost at the house, my son realized that the key was no longer in his thick padded glove. Oops. Now, whenever I lose something, which happens all too frequently these days, I try to remember to affirm that nothing is ever lost to God. God knows where everything is, and I ask the Holy Spirit to help me find the missing item. So we did that. We prayed. And I wasn't anxious at that point. (laughs) I didn't let my mind think about what we'd do if we couldn't find the key. I mean, how embarrassing would that be? Never mind that the house was locked, our car keys were safely locked in the house, 
and we didn't even know if any of the other cabins were occupied that weekend, we do finally have cell phones, but we couldn't get any reception on them in the mountains. So Matt and I carefully retraced our steps. We're praying all the time, and we called out to William to let him know what had happened, so he joined in the search. Talk about a needle in a haystack. The snow was several inches deep, and the key was small. We were in no doubt that we needed a miracle from God to find that key. We searched for quite a while. Then I heard my son singing a praise song. So here I am to worship. Here I am to bow down. Here I am to say that you're my God. You're altogether lovely. You're altogether worthy. You're altogether wonderful to me. And then I heard him singing it in a more jubilant tone. I called out, Matt, did you find the key? He lifted it up in his hand. While he was singing, he had looked directly down and he had noticed a tiny indentation in the snow and there was the key almost hidden. To us at that moment, God might as well have parted the Red Sea. It was wonderful. And God was so gracious. We did talk about all the other lessons we might have learned if we had not found the key. (laughs) And then another great thing happened. A couple was staying in the next cabin, and they live in Bellevue, and they have good friends in this church. And they told us all about the tree lighting and the fireworks that night in the nearby town. It could have all happened and we wouldn't have known a thing. It was a weekend to remember God's goodness and that God is always with us and wants to help us. I found that moving out of my comfort zone, being required to grow, stretch, change and risk, are gifts from God that I'm often reluctant to open and receive. My call to this church has been one of God's greatest gifts to me, but the gift could have remained unopened because of my fear Actually, terror would have been a better way to describe my feelings at the time. Now, please don't take that personally. It wasn't because of you. I didn't know you then. It was because of my own sense of inadequacy to do what God was asking me to do and my difficulty in trusting that God would give me the gifts I needed to obey and fulfill his call. One morning, during the time I was in the application process for the position here, I walked out of our apartment at Fuller Seminary in Pasadena and I heard God say to me, not in an audible voice, this is a gift I'm trying to give you, but your hands are closed tightly. This is what fear does to us. Remember, William and I were working as interns at the time for Walter Ray at Glenkirk. We wanted to stay there. They loved us. It felt safe. I want to share with you one of the three poems I wrote that weekend as I wrestled with the challenge of facing my fears and receiving the gift of God's invitation to continue in the interview process. It's called My Gift. This is my gift to you, my child. Open your heart to receive it. 
This is my gift to you, my beloved one, more than you could ever ask or hope for. I know exactly what you need better than you do yourself. So open your heart, open your hands, receive my gift of love for you. Receive my grace and forgiveness too. Let go of fear, of doubt and pain. I want you to learn to be a child again. Learn to live in the freedom of my care. There is no need for anxiety there. Learn how to trust, to hope, to laugh. I am with you along life's path. Learn how to give with all your heart. Without any fear, you'll be torn apart. Learn how to risk, to face the unknown. Learn how to praise, not complain and moan. Learn how to forgive, how to show mercy too. For as you know, no one's worse than you. Learn from me the secrets of life, no peace and joy, not anger and strife. Know that I'm there at every turn. I'm always available for you to learn how to be and how to do exactly what I'm asking you to. Step by step, learn from me. Step by step, becoming free. Know, my love, I'm there for you. I'm always there to carry you through. Accept this gift from me to you. And know in your heart, my love is true. Isn't it amazing to think of Mary, who, when confronted by the angel Gabriel and told that she was going to give birth miraculously to a baby, not just any baby, but the Son of God, simply said, okay, or words to that effect. Here are some of the gifts God offers to us. The gift of a second chance, of being reconciled to God or to someone else, The gift of being able to change and grow, of being changed by the love of God from the inside out. The gift of actually being reborn. The gift of becoming a child of God and a friend of God. God longs to give you the gift of a relationship with him, a real-life personal relationship with the creator of the universe. And a close relationship means that you can talk with the person about anything, at any time. That is true of our relationship with God. And remember, God's the only person who is with us all the time. And isn't it wonderful to experience the joy of receiving a gift that showed not only how much the person loves you, but how well they know you too. God's gifts are like that. So, did you open all of your gifts? What do you mean, I can hear you thinking? Of course we did. But I'm not so sure. I think there might be something still under your tree and under mine. Take another look when you go home today. The wonderful thing about God is that we don't have to wait another whole year before God's gifts are available again. Today, the day after Christmas, you can receive any and all of the many gifts God has to offer and longs for you to receive from him which you may not have opened yet. Are there some gifts that God is offering you today that are sitting unopened? Maybe they've been sitting around for a long time. God is amazingly patient with us. God doesn't take them back and pack them away till next year. God's gifts are available to us every day. 
waiting to be opened and received. So listen to unopened gifts. How come you've left so many gifts unopened on the floor? They have your name on them. They belong to you. They are yours for the taking, if only you will receive them. What is that you say? They can't be yours because you have your share already. They must be someone else's. There must be some mistake. You're maybe afraid of what others will say when they see you unwrapping your gift. You fear their reaction, their envy. But it's not theirs. It wouldn't fit them. They only think they want it because they haven't discovered yet the gifts with their name tags on them. If they had, they'd be far too busy and excited discovering what was hidden inside their boxes and figuring out how and where they could use their gifts to be looking longingly at yours. Go on, open up your package, see what is inside your gift box. You'll be amazed at how I knew exactly what to give you, the perfect fit for you right now, in fact, just what you've always wanted, but you didn't even know it. Go on, open it. You can trust me. I'm the master gift giver. I never make mistakes or give the wrong size or color or fit. I know my individual children so well. Don't worry, you won't need to return it. I promise. Trust me. You won't be disappointed, but please do hurry up and open it. Because until you do so, you can't begin to use it, to enjoy it and share it with others so that they can benefit from your gifts too. That's my whole purpose for gift giving, you do realize, don't you? Not for you to put them back in the box, to keep them safe and as new, or to put them in a glass cabinet to look at and admire. No, all of my gifts are for my children to use, to help their sisters and brothers, not to make anyone else jealous or feel less fortunate. As I said, I see a number of unopened packages Gift wrapped especially for you. I see your name written in bold letters on them. They don't belong to anyone else. They can't be given to anyone else. They wouldn't fit. They are yours. I'm right here waiting, longing to see you unwrap them and to see the look of joy and wonder on your face. I've had many reasons for not wanting to receive God's gifts. Fear, an inability to trust, not realizing that God is for me and that all of his gifts are good, being concerned that I may have to give up something else in order to make room for a new gift. Remember what I said at the beginning about Boxing Day? If the day for receiving gifts from someone who has much more than us is the day after Christmas, it's absolutely right that we're celebrating Christmas today because there couldn't be a more unequal gift than God's great gift to us of his beloved son, Jesus Christ, born as a helpless baby in Bethlehem to die as a criminal for each one of us on the cross. So let's check and see if we have any unopened gifts and then ask God to help us open our hands and our hearts to receive everything he has for us. Please pray with me. Loving God, please help us to be more open to all of the gifts that you long to give us. 
Help us to be more open to receive from other people. And we thank you that you are such a gracious, giving God. And we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.